This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul, Angeline, and today we're talking about advancing your character or character advancement, right, or something like that. Yes, D and D's easy. You get experience <laughs> points and you go up levels. Right, and that's like the that's the main example. That's the first example I was going to use since it's one of the first role playing games that came into existence, and it was based on you gain experience for different things that as a character does. And after a certain amount of experience, you've gained a certain amount, a certain threshold, whatever that threshold is, you gained a level. What does that mean? Usually you got stronger, right? You roll for more hit points. You basically, that's all it was. And things got easier to do for, let's say fighting you, your fighting prowess would get better, stuff like that in the original and even in uh, AD and D. Now in more modern, more modern, but in the latest versions like third edition and fifth edition, through fifth edition, not only do you get better at doing things by having a higher uh, to hit, you're, when you start off, you have a plus one bonus to hit. And by fifth level, you have like a plus three, right? Because you're getting better and things are easier to for you to accomplish as a character. But you also have skills, right? Skills were something that did not was not around in first edition or eight uh, D in second edition. It came when third edition came out. And skills are a interesting way of getting better as your character gets advances. So usually now you get uh, some skill points to get better at certain skills. You get uh, when you advance in D and D, and you get. You get more, more, hit more hit points. And sometimes you even gain a special ability, depending on what kind of character class you are. And it's all laid out. It's I mean, all laid out. It's it's pretty easy. You, and a lot of times you get to raise one of your, like every other level, you get to raise one of your stats. Your stats, yeah, that happens. Uh, magic users gain spell slots, and all kinds of things happen when you gain a level. And sometimes, not every level... Do you get uh, a, a, like be able to uh, raise your attribute or gain a feat? But definitely at every level you get a few points to get skills, more skills to get better at skills, and you definitely get more hit points. I think this is a good system for advancing your character, only because it's all written out. It's pretty easy. There's not a lot of subjection, subjective ideas, right? Right, and I think Jolene is totally right is that it's very, like, what do you call it? It's very no structured. argue with it, right? <laughs> yes, it's very structured. So I, it, they could argue, but I think the argument might come whether they get enough experience for what they do. Yeah. Now, that is still subjective. That's still the GM deciding, oh, yeah, you went through this this big, long campaign, and you guys had get 200 experience points. Oh, and well, people, people will reveal right then and there. Two hundred for for <laughs> all of those. I, mean, I don't need. Down. I don't need eight more thousand experience to get to the next level. So that that could be a problem. That does not usually happen now because even giving out experience is very structured. You do this, you do that. 
they should be awarded between this and that. And it's what they encounter. and Right. It doesn't matter if they defeated it, different things, because it used to be experience was given for to the person who killed something, right? Right. Now, 5th edition, and I'm not sure it came out before this, but they included as an alternate to ex- giving out experience points and stuff, they call it milestones, where the GM just decides, you've been through enough, you guys gain the level. Now, this is very much more subjective subjective, and could cause some strife within your group if the GM doesn't ever feel you're gained level. There's not enough. Now, I forget what the GM's guide actually says. It's been a while since I played 5th edition or ran 5th edition. But usually, I believe it's after every two sessions that you should gain a level or get a milestone. Though, it all depends on how much is accomplished in each session if a session doesn't really go anywhere you guys you guys the characters parties doesn't advance or do anything to advance the storyline or the game then i can see nothing happening as far as the character advancement well that's a very subjective way to do it i think i mean that totally depends on what the gm is thinking right usually in D games or or games you don't in the middle of a of a of an adventure because an adventure could take more than two sessions you're not gonna in the oh, yeah. middle of an adventure you're not gonna get to level up your character right you don't get your experience until you've completed the adventure <laughs> at least in the games that Saul runs well yeah because I th- I always thought it would be funny that they're in the middle of doing something else and like a a character computer game character jing, little ring little sparklies come off the body you've advanced to second level yeah, you can now pick a new set of skills I'm you're like, in the middle of a fight but that's okay just stop everybody yeah, stop just hit now. pause yeah i always thought that was kind of strange i remember well in AD&D, my brother there was this optional rule about training and god i hated training god it was terrible because we the problem was we needed money to train first you had to find a mentor that was five levels higher than the level that you're going up to. So that was kind of tr- troubling because it was kind of low-level campaign. And on top of that, you had to pay so much gold per week times a level or something to be able to advance into the next level. Well, Saul didn't like that. It would have been okay, but, but and I, I know he's going to gripe about this, but my brother was kind of stingy on the money. And he didn't have the gold standard. He went to the silver standard. I don't think that he would agree with that. Being well, stingy on uh, the most money. of his players would agree, I think. Except for Mike, because he was a ripoff artist. <laughs> a con man, one might say. We were very committed to gaining as much money as possible in every endeavor that we did. And even then, that was enough. So what we did is we came kind of, we started this... Uh, Sorry, communism or socialism. We had this community pot, and it, what would what happened is we'd 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 send somebody to go get trained who we thought deserved it, because not everybody could get trained at the same time. So that happened, and uh, and so it worked you, okay. So your brother was making you guys work together to figure out how to get to level up. But what was happening is some people weren't leveling because they, we couldn't afford it as a group. As a group, not individually, like we we div- we divided some money amongst all all of us, but the most of the money was in this group kitty 
that we spent for which i think is why dungeons and dragons changed the way that you advance to you didn't have to be trained or you didn't have to kill stuff to get the experience right just encountering things well another problem gave that, you experience and there was another problem is that back then you would get experience for gold so now we're only would you get experience for killing the monster you get experience for gain, gaining or equivalent of gold so the problem was we were getting a lot of experience but not a lot of money and uh, even though he said he went by the book i totally believe that he did go by the book so i guess but he would always use the tables right they, they had these tables in in ad and d about this is the tre- ro- uh, treasure right role right well, they still have those those um tables tables, uh, tables because uh, I know Ian has, has looked at it and go, okay, are we going to roll to see how much blah, blah, blah? And every once in a while, Saul will we'll do that. Okay, we'll roll to see what kind of treasure you get. Yeah, I, I think I, I would let them roll themselves. Yeah. So they wouldn't blame me if they rolled really yeah. lousy. Yeah, I like that. And I think my brother did that too. Yeah. He would let us roll because like we didn't believe him. We were like, ah, oh, you know, the group, not just me. They go, ah, oh, you guys are a bunch of whiners. Yeah. And so he, in his frustration, I think he just goes, "Okay, well, you guys could roll." And then Mike was, uh, Mike will back me up on this, is that one time we were rolling and we figured out that the table went from like one to a hundred because we were playing rolling percentile dice, and uh, and we figured out that the higher the number, the more the gems were worth. Right. So he was so we we're like, yeah, yeah. So you know, I forget who rolled, but somebody rolled a, like a hundred, a double zero. Right. And then he goes, oh, and they were like, oh, we were all high fiving each other. Maybe not back then, but we we're all hollering and hooping it up because we just scored a major gem. And he goes, that would be true. My brother said, or something like I'm misquoting them. I'm not quoting them. I'm making, you know, not making it up, but my own words he goes but i'm using the reverse gem table <laughs> <laughs> so to which michael just like i forget what his reaction is but he will to this day still remembers those words coming out of my brother's mouth so instead of being worth like a hundred thousand gold pieces it was worth two copper or something like that it's <laughs> terrible so a uh, lot of people don't like the D advancement system right well, by a lot of people, I mean people out there that don't like it. And by advancement system, they don't like the experience kind of advancement. Well, I think the the idea behind that is that they don't like the idea of gaining experience because of killing things and taking their stuff. That's D&D, right? That is D&D since... Well, that's why they changed it to you just encounter things. What what happens is different than... That's true. Though some people, uh, even way back when I was playing AD&D, they would give you experience points for avoiding the situation mm-hmm. if you could or go ahead getting around or what, instead of killing the monster. Now, I don't remember if my brother did that. I don't ever remember doing that. It was all about killing the monster, getting the experience and taking their stuff. And they, and that that creates murder hobos. And in fact, that's the kind of games I ran, uh, even with my son. You know, when they grew up older, when he got a little older, and uh, Steve joined the, the group. That's the way I ran games. If they would advance, and, and they they loved that whole idea of getting stronger and having the mini. What do we call that? Mini, mini max. Mini maxing. So I think modern modern players or today's players are a little bit more. I don't know what you would call it, but that 
sits wrong for some people. So they rather, or the, oh, there, there's a game. It's not about killing monsters, right? This, there's investigation games. There's mystery games. There's social games. And what do you do in those in those systems where the goal is not to kill monsters but something else? So you're not going to get experience points for doing that. A little bit of of a change from D and D. Let's go to like the One Ring. You don't get experience for killing monsters, right? There's no experience points for that. You gain experience for meeting goals or doing what you're supposed to be doing uh, according to your goal, your character's goals. Another thing is, is if you if you use a skill and if you roll well, roll well, right? And by using a skill, you get a little check mark next to a group of skills. Which, which is pretty cool, and then, and then what happens if you succeed? You put a check mark. If you get a, 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 uh, a extra success, a, yes, a, extra success or exceptional success, you get the second check mark. Then there's an extraordinary success. You get a third check mark, and then you trade in those those three check marks for one advancement point. Right, that's the way it usually works. You also get advancement point for showing up for every session in. The one ring. In the one ring, which kind of gives you the idea that you get like you're participating. That you're there. You're there, and that's why you get experience. And then you get experience points for for working toward your goal, or or the, whatever the goal of the adventure is, or your party is. So, and these are really small amounts of experience. You're talking about one, two, three, at the most four for a for a long session. Uh, I think that the most advancement is. On those skills, right? So you're you, as you roll better and you make your successes, you get to they get to you get to go up in them, right? You get to choose choose what one, skills yeah. to to raise. So in the one ring, they separate different kinds of experience points: There's advancement points and experience points. Advancement points are only for skills, mm-hmm. and advancement points can raise some. You can raise like some of your stats and stuff like that, which are a little bit more. They mean more in the game because they are weighted more because if you raise an attribute that raises all your skills where if you just raise a skill that's one thing out of a lot of things that you could raise points for raise the points for or use the points for in that game i think you're just happy if you make it through the adventure (laughs) without being getting more shadow than hope (laughs) without getting into running into despair yes falling into despair yes but see those are two totally different games right and and the idea behind the game is different it's not about killing monsters or doing this fantastic great things it's about not succumbing to shadow which is an important thing in the lord of the rings game and that the one ring for first and the second edition do a great job of mimicking that kind of gameplay in a one ring game you're not always going to go be fighting a lot of it has to do with meeting people talking to people convincing them to either help you or helping somebody doing something that would help you and i think that's a different kind of game than D. so there's other ways of advancing right there is uh like let's say for the for example the uh, tales from the loop uh, you can advance you can get slightly better uh, usually at the end of the session, did you play? Yes. Uh, did you help another character? Another character do anything? Yes. Then you get a point. And so there are very specific questions that they ask. 
And if you answer yes, you get a point. And still, you're only going to get between one. Average is three points after this, the adventure is over uh, to maximum probably five. Another another game that does this is Liminal, even though it's a totally different system. One's year, uh, year zero, and this was a 2D6. But it asks you the same questions. It asks you... Uh, Not the exact same questions. Well, I mean, the, it asks you questions at the yes. end of the... And, or the GM is supposed to ask these questions. Did you... Did you succeed in the mission? Yes. Yes. Okay. Did you? And usually the adventure itself, to, like if it's a pre-published, if it's a published adventure, did you save this person who was in trouble? However way you did that, either literally save their life or save them from doing something really bad. So a lot of people who played for a long time are used to keeping track of these points and stuff like that. And new players, I think, don't want to keep track of a bunch of numbers you know this i think that's why a lot of modern games there's not these huge numbers that you have to deal with like in dnd you're talking about thousands of points of experience right and and, and you can get really caught in this uh minutia of like i get experience 110 experience for this and this and then as you get uh what is it uh, more powerful you're getting thousands and thousands of experience points well i think modern games have gone away from that kind of structure and decided to go, well, we're just going to less the uh, diminish the points. And instead of thousands, we're just going to give you one or two, like like the One Ring, like uh, Liminal, and a lot of other role-playing games. But with those one or two points, you do get to move adventure character. Quite a bit, right? Yeah. As much as you would if you were playing d It's just a different a different way, right? right? It's It's a different number set or and just like milestones there's a lot of games that don't even have numbers right uh for example in feng shui uh julian just reminded me that the gm just determines you, you all get to you awesome up <laughs> you all get to awesome up right and then it, every character archetype has things that you could do to awesome up your character and uh which you know your 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 feng shui archetype character is pretty good to start right. with, to right? To start off. So awesomeing up just means you get to tweak something or add a new um, feat or what do they call it? It's not a skill. I don't know. Like your driving skill or something. Well, you could advance your skill, right? I think uh, off the top of my head that I was looking at it just not too long ago, for example, if you have a skill less than 12, you get to raise it to 12. Okay. Right? If you have a skill over 12, you get to raise it by plus one. And, and Feng Shui is all about the the... The over-the-top ideas that you come up with, that you're how you're going to play your character versus just encountering things, right? So for for your GM to tell you you're going to awesome up, maybe he saw all of you guys were you know flying on ropes, climbing up buildings, and you know dodging all the bullets. Yeah, I mean Feng Shui is very what is it uh, subjective? Yes, right. Uh, you could awesome up after let's say after. Kind of like milestones, like after every two sessions or at the conclusion of the adventure or when after the conclusion of a big uh, situation that's happening, right? You guys uh, prevent a big heist, bank heist that turned into a hostage situation. So that's a real big thing happening, right? Or or you guys got to the end of the adventure, even though... What didn't require you guys to do a lot of combat or a lot of figuring out, but you guys made it to the end of the adventure. 
you get to awesome up, right? That you didn't get the world sucked into a different dimension. Yes, or, that, that's usually really helpful. One of the other timelines. I really like that kind of idea, but the problem is, is it's a lot really subjective to the GM. And I think as a GM, you really got to hold back. Like the idea of holding back, don't advance them too quickly because then it doesn't mean as it much. It doesn't mean as much, right? And then don't be so stingy. That you have unhappy players, right? And that's a fine line to walk. And sometimes you're good at it as a GM, a personal GM, I mean, personally, or you need to get the hang of it, right? I think uh, I think that's why I like D&D, the, the experience point structure, or any game that has that kind of structure built into their games. Because as a GM, you don't even have to think about it. There's like, oh, this is what you do. Bada-bing, bada-boom. Milestones? Uh, Feng Shui, uh, I can't think of any other game that does it like that. I'm sure there is, uh, where you just, the GM decides. Now, a lot of games, the, that's always an option, right? Right. Any game, that any role-playing well, game. Any of the games where... You can homebrew whatever you want, yeah. right? It's your game. Usually they say, well, these are just guidelines. There's a, a couple of systems that I wanted to ask you about. Okay. I've only watched, I haven't played Monster Hearts. I've only watched... Um, a couple of of live plays. I found it very interesting, what and the, it's also and also the the other one was um, Monster of the Week. And I think the way that uh, I was reading about the way that they level up is when you fail your rolls, you you have fl- fails in your rolls. Okay. Then you get to do. That's that's how you gain um, experience. Okay. Right. Right. And that helps you to. And leveling up is a little bit different. Now, is uh, is it based on Apocalypse World? It is, right? Monster I of the Week. I believe so. Mo- Not Monster of the Week, Monster Hearts. Yeah. Well, are they both? I, I don't know, because they both say the same thing. You gain XP when you fail a roll. I think that's pretty neat, because then the, the whole idea that you and learn you, from your failures or your... Yeah, and you right. have options to pick from what you're going to gain. Right. And that's that is really neat. I really like that option. I forget what other game it must be. It must be Apocalypse World kind of thing, where you where you do that, where you fail and you basically you try something. And the thing is, you don't you don't roll for stuff nilly willy in, in game in modern games, right? You know, for, for nilly willy. I mean, <laughs> some people have never heard that since the fifties. But uh, it's willy nilly dork. What did I say? Nilly willy. Oh. I don't know. I was going to say something cute, but I can't think of anything right now. But it's willy-nilly? Yes. Okay. What did I say? Nilly-willy. <laughs> For those of you keeping score on how Saul gets things wrong. <laughs> well, I got half of it right, I think. <laughs> anyway, so I really like that idea of your negative or not doing your roles, giving you experience, because that is a very interesting idea that you learned more from your mistakes than when you succeed right because when you fail to do something it's powered by the apocalypse it is powered see Uh, do i know know my stuff or what so uh yes so i i like that idea i really do i like the idea but in those in those games let's say monster hearts or any part by the apocalypse games any role that you make are like really important roles you don't roll for 
like driving skill or something like to get into your car. You know what I mean? You don't roll for like rudimentary stuff. You only roll for stuff that matters. And a lot of role playing games are going that way. If there's no need for a roll, don't roll the dice. If there's no even more, I think Apocalypse World says it. It might have been, might be fate. But they say if there's no dramatic consequence to to the situation, do not roll the dice. That's that's heavy. I don't know how heavy it is. It's I mean, it's heavy a... because like people like are so used to go. Oh, I'm gonna make a perception check. Roll the dice, even without like. Oh, he's climbing the wall. I'm gonna climb the wall too. You no, know, and they're gonna roll dice. Uh, um, I've heard that in session zero, you should talk to your players about that because rolling the dice randomly or in places where you're not supposed to can be considered bad form. Well. I'm, I'm not... just saying that that I'm just letting <laughs> you know that because I recently read it and I was like, hmm, that's very interesting. Our players don't usually do roll for no reason. Well, the idea is now this is not my situation. There's some GMs that do not like those kind of roles being made without the GMs asking for them, right? If you if you if the GM asks a certain player, oh, that's what you're trying to do, give me a whatever check, what whatever whatever the climbing check, climbing check, right? And they roll, and then somebody else goes, oh, I'm gonna roll too. So they roll without even asking the GM. Some GMs will take great offense to that. Not Why? me, not me, because Why? I don't know, because well, because it's like uh, I don't know. I think they don't like the idea that. Is it an idea that their character had or are they just doing it because another character is doing it? You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Or like, let's say a perception check. So let's say somebody goes into a room and he goes and they're, and they're all there, right? They're all around your table and they all can say whatever they want at the time. Or they like, or the gym goes, what are you doing? And then people go, well, I'm just looking around. And somebody, somebody goes, uh, I'm going to go into the room and look at the, well, let's say there's a bookcase. I'm going to go through the books to see which ones doesn't have dust. And then the GM goes, go ahead, roll, whatever. Uh, perception, investigation, nilly-willy, right? And, uh, and then another player, without asking the GM, goes, I'm gonna, here, I'm going to roll too. So they roll the dice, stop being asked to roll, and not saying anything specific as why they're rolling that could have a an impact on or that could negatively sit bad with a gm who they may not like that kind of uh idea and then and then i've heard, i've seen that happen at a at a at a convention they're like why are you rolling well because i go well no he's telling me what he's doing and i'm asking him to roll and i'm like Ooh. Which I understood where he was coming from, and it's just not my personality. I don't need to control the table that that rigidly. But at the same time, it's like you don't even know why he, I'm giving him the chance to roll is the idea, right? Is he just because he's looking? No, because he said some very specific things. Because I'm looking for see what book hasn't been touched in a while by dust or something. Where the other person just goes, I'm just going to go to the bookcase and look. So I totally understand that kind of reasoning and... It doesn't bother me too much. I'll just say, no, you can't roll. Or I'll say, what exactly are you doing? Oh, no, you're not going to roll for that. You or you don't need to roll for that. Or you don't need to roll for that. Or let them roll and say, you don't find anything. <laughs> right, come on. Let's give the player agency. 
<laughs> well, I just the idea that it might be it might be a control issue. I don't anyway, know. yeah, you got you, you. I'm sorry. You saved me. What do you call it? I got you on a side quest there. A side quest. I totally forgot what I was talking about. Powered by the apocalypse. Powered by apocalypse. They tell you don't roll unless there's going to be a dramatic negative or positive. Whether you make it or fail, there's got to be something dramatic is going to happen if they don't or do make it. So unless it's all, that kind all, of decision, what they're trying to accomplish is more role playing versus rolling the dice playing, right? Right. And I'm shaking my head enthusiastically because and this is exactly. a, a sound podcast. Yes, it's not a, well Vid, not visual. We don't, have a, we don't have a it's not a video thing. Uh correct. I you hit the the hail the head on the nail. And uh <laughs> the nail on the head. Will you stop saying things backwards, dude? I was on purpose. So you hit the head on the, the, the no, I can't think of it straight. You hit it right on, or you hit the thing right on the head. And that's exactly right. I think they're trying to accomplish a different style of role playing than D and D, which some people say that D is well, not a role playing game. But this idea that they want people to be telling you or acting out what they're doing instead of just Rolling dice on the table. Which is great. Which which one is great? Rolling dice on the table or both. Oh. I, I I think I think it's it's there's there's a place for each kind of game, right? If you like crunchy systems where you wanna get your dice out and roll them, or if you like um where people are in character, maybe you have a rule at the table or you have to talk in character which I've heard and I haven't met all kinds of people who only stay in character. The only one that I know who does that is Felipe. And when he does it, sometimes it, it the other players don't realize that he's doing it right away. <laughs> I realize it and I'm like, okay, he's in character. And this is what he's telling me what his character does. Whereas a lot of people, they'll say stuff and Saul will go, was that you or is that what you're saying? And the, is that, are you in character or what? Well, sometimes it's very, you're right. It's very tough to determine how things are. Are, are. Is your player just just telling you everything they think right now, and then they're going to tell you what their player's going to their their character's going to do? Or right, that, there's different styles of the way that people work with you, or the way they work out what they're going to do. Right. Correct. I think that is a major issue with that situation, and I think when like a character is, or a player is telling you all this stuff, but you don't know if it's is the character. Are you like, is the player telling me this, or is the character actually trying to do this? Are you saying that to the people, to the not player characters? And that happens all the time, right? Yeah. Especially, you know, we're not into big. You know, my depending on what group, my my home group will play Shadowrun. We're not into like really playing in character and voice. And so we try. We try, and but, sometimes they will do it, right? And we and we do try, and we do do well sometimes. And sometimes it's more like they're they're having this total conversation. I go, oh, are your characters saying this? They're like, oh no 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 no. They're like, okay. they're, they're working the numbers out in, out loud with each other. What's going to happen? Right, and and telling each other what could and could happen. So I don't know. Are your characters having this conversation? Oh no no, these are the players. Okay, then shut the hell up at my game table. <laughs> so speaking of Shadowrun. Uh-oh. It's a very crunchy game with a very different advancement system than D&D. Yes, yes, I agree. They use karma points, right? Karma and money is right. is the way you advance your character cuz when you create your character in Shadowrun, you're basically 
it's it's the character you're gonna be, right? And the only kind of advancement you get is you can spin karma. Say like the other day, I wanted to throw a Molotov cocktail, and someone said, "Well, you need to have throwing." And I go, "Well, I have all kinds of stuff, but I don't happen to have throwing." Oh, and I'm I like, "I know that." I go, "Well, you can get throwing if you use 24 adva- or karma points." Wow, something 24 like that. points. Yeah, I Damn. think it was. Yeah. Damn. And I was like, oh, well, I haven't spent any of my karma points since we started playing this game. You have an adventure character. <laughs> and because you don't really have to adventure your character, right? The boys are advancing their character by buying stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to get new cyber this. and Yeah, cyber little. limbs yeah. and cyber eyeballs. And I'm like, well, I'm good. I have my gun. I can shoot. Everything's good, right? Right. But you I'm like, oh, better. I need... I, I really need to be able to throw stuff. I have blades. I have throwing knives. But I didn't know I had to have throwing to be able to throw the knives, which maybe I don't because it's part of blades, right? Yeah, that's how you adventure character in Shadowrun. It's really only with karma and money. And you can spend money to get karma or spend well, karma to get money. That is, that is a uh, house rule or optional rule. Optional rule. And I decided to use it because what happens is as you get jobs to do things, you get new yen right money right. right and certain characters money is useless right mm-hmm. if you're if if you are a magician a, yeah a magician any kind of mage mage i mean money can change your lifestyle and stuff like that but it doesn't make your character better right uh, because they don't want any enhancements because that lowers their magical score and they don't want to uh, but they cyber do want karma because karma is how they can advanced yeah get more spells get uh stronger and stuff like that and i find that a very because people are always saying you know those old style games they have these these draconian um (laughs) hit points and and experience points and you have to kill stuff to get to to do stuff that could be true depending on how you play it right right and and there's nothing wrong with that that's the style you want to play then play that way but when you look at Shadowrun, you're still doing the same stuff. You know, you're on these missions. You're trying to. Everything is an ethical dilemma. Are you are you rescuing this person, or are they having you kidnap this person without telling you? Right, those kind of things. Oh yeah. And you advance in a totally different way. Experience doesn't mean anything in Shadowrun because there is your the experiences you have get you money, right? Well, they give you karma too, and karma, which is kind of like experience points, but but it's on a very but small. It's a very scale. small scale because you get like one karma if you if you if you complete the mission. No, you get like three points, I think. Average between three and ten, depending on all the different things right. you do and how many sessions it takes. Right, and and I think uh, things get really expensive as you yes. get uh, higher higher level. So experience points, karma. Milestones. These are all ways of advancement. But is there any other ways you can advance a character or be advancing the character without any kind of point system or a system like that? Somebody was discussing this, and I, I don't know if it was, again, I don't know if it was on Reddit or anything because I was reading quite a bit. And they were talking about giving the characters, not giving the characters, but having the characters gain special abilities or powers or mainly it was through items like the the, the person was talking about Dungeons and Dragons specifically and he didn't like the idea of this experience and ding, 
and you gain a level and all yeah. these wonderful things happen. But he was saying, uh, I, he was talking about like this character had his spear, right? And his spear was like, a, a, what is it? A, an heirloom from his like family. It was just a regular spear. But then after a while, the, the GM secretly started adding plus one to it anytime he attacked. And so the person's rolling the die. And after a while, like other people know that the armor class, right? Oh, shoot. I, and then he, he's starting to hit. On the, let's say he notices that he starts to hit when he thinks he should miss. Right? Well, plus one, it's not going to come into a, effect or affect the game all the time. Right. But then it, what he started doing is without the characters or the player's knowledge, he, st- he then he, the character advanced another level and stuff like that. And then he started making it a plus two. And then he, I think he got to plus three before the player figured it out. He goes, what's going on? Right. Cause he goes, cause he figures out the armor class. He goes, I need this. I need a 19 to hit this armor class. I rolled a 17. I still hit. Right, because after a while, how is that possible? Yeah, so after a while, he's just like tell the the group, oh, you need a this armor class seventeen. That's the, what that's what the armor class is. So everybody figures out, well, that's what I need to roll, right? Right. You, you're rolling dice, so you got that in your head. Everybody knows, and then you know what you need to roll. You go, oh, I missed it. I missed it. Or and Jim might have asked him, oh, what'd you miss it by? Oh, I missed it by five. Okay, you miss. And then he goes, and then or you could tell, you could see. Right. And then the person goes, oh, I missed. Oh, he goes, no, you hit. He goes, I hit. And then he figures out, he figures something's up, yeah, right? Yeah. But he doesn't tell the player. So that is a kind of character advancement that that is neither experience points or or any kind of points based. He just, the GM was just giving him that depending on how long and how often he used the spear because it was a family heirloom. And the whole idea is that it's it's something that, matter to that character there's other ways too like i know that you've done this with the boys before when, when in pathfinder and um D when they really really wanted something like i want to learn how to use these two-handed blah 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 or i want to do i want to be able to communicate with animals and you go well okay in your off time you're gonna have to go and train and and you're gonna have to spend like a certain amount of time doing it right right, right. and that way they got what they wanted to be able to do and but you also made them work for it a little bit right in the game in the game terms yeah, in right game, in game right. terms yeah and i i i do i i totally forgot about it until you reminded me and that was something that that was i don't think it's even I think you must have gotten that idea from Felipe making you have to have to uh, <laughs> buy your your training right the drudgery of that, yes. Uh, but I did learn that that things that you work toward, even even I mean in real life, it's more rewarding. But even in your character, like oh, I finally got to use this skill, or I finally get this skill, or whatever. And then you really like appreciate it, or I don't know what it's. You're really happy about succeeding yeah. in this endeavor. Yeah. And I, I think that's pretty cool. I think I it's been a long time since I like I said since I run D and D or Pathfinder definitely. But I really like those systems because it was something I could like tweak with all the time. Yeah. And and you're right. I remember doing that uh, for Augustine and Alan, who were very well. I think all of them, all, all of them, the three boys. Three, yeah, they all, they would come up with some weird thing that they wanted to do. I'm like, what? and I, I'm like, I'm stuck. Like I'm like, what do I do? And I'm like, well, I go spend some time doing it. You know, what are you gonna do? I'm gonna practice. Okay, good idea. It was very interesting that 
anytime there was a downtime, they would do go yes, do that they would stuff. Practice, yeah, yeah, and they would tell me, oh, "I'm gonna go practice." I go, "Okay, okay." They would make a specific point, uh, like, "Okay, we're stopped for the evening at the campfire, <laughs> and everybody, I'm gonna practice this sword over here." Yes, yes, it was very interesting, <laughs> and it was like it was like not in the rules, but it made sense to me. It was it made sense that, and it made more sense than. Then the level of advancement, ring, and then you get, are all suddenly able to know how to use a dagger or throw a spear or use a bow. So basically, there's all kinds of ways to advance characters. Right. The, it depends on the system and how the GM wants to do it, right? Yeah. I haven't thought about this till right now, but the idea, like, if you really like a certain advancement system, can you use it to in another game? And of course. I, and I'm thinking, yeah, you can basically well, do that. okay. I'm going to say, of course, with a caveat <laughs> that um, there are going to be players who are going to go, that's not rules as written, and right. we're not doing that. I, well, I don't, want, I to don't do want to do that. So you're going to have to, if you want to use a different system of advancement in a different game, you'll definitely need to make sure everybody knows that this is what is happening. Probably something that should happen in... Uh, Before you start playing the game. What's session zero? Yeah. Right. Uh, these are the rules of the game. I, I think it's a lot of work to do that sometimes, depending, yeah. on, depending on how it is. Like milestones, it doesn't take any work, right? And you just tell the group, I, really, I want to do milestones. Uh, I think I tried. Uh, I even talked to the group about doing milestones. And the boys at the time, they didn't want to do that. Well, they're so into <laughs> math and figuring out how long it will take to do something or or that kind of thing that they're very they're very crunchy they yeah they like the number they grew up on of, pathfinder yeah. what can you say yeah so they really like and they really like that no, that hard number right they, they like to know what's going to happen because they're in control versus in well, that sense, right? In a sense, you know, I'm the GM is still in control because he doles out the experience points, right? Right, but they know when they get to that experience point, they can do this. And they also know that if they fight a certain monster, that monster's worth a certain amount of experience points. And they're like, okay, so they can kind of ballpark figure. They can encounter dragons and not have to fight them and still get experience for it. Well, yes, but what I'm saying is that they can figure out a ballpark figure out yeah. how much experience points. And so they know when they're being shortchanged or I'm pretty I'm pretty on par as, as to like, oh, I'm doing it right. And they'll tell him. Uh, yeah, I don't think they've ever said, well, is that too little experience points? No, uh, but uh, they go, but then what, did we, we fought this thing or we did this. Or Did you remember that we killed this thing? I'm like, oh, and sometimes they're right. Did you remember that we had to, we saw a dragon and, and we had to talk to it? Do we get experience for that? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what does it does happen. So experience points, milestones, other types of advancement. I think you're going to see a lot of different ideas coming from newer games because I think the idea of doling out 100 points for this, 2,000 and stuff like that, that's kind of falling out of favor in a lot of modern games because People don't want to deal with all those number crunchings. But it's being replaced with one point, which equals those 10,000 that you That's got. True. Right? Or it just happens when the GM feels like. Which is, which seems very odd to me. It just happens when the GM <laughs> feels like it. But I understand milestones, right? The GM goes, okay, well, we're going to play these three sessions. And he's thinking in his head. And then I'm going to advance all of them, right? It could be based on sessions or it could be based on a certain point well, in the adventure. He's, he's figured out that after these three sessions, they will have encountered all of this stuff. So that right, would give them right. 
Right. And I think you're right. I think, and depending on how long your sessions are, if your sessions are only two hours, maybe it'll take be six sessions. If it's or if they're four. all day. <laughs> she rolls her eyes. Yes, it could do that. That does happen if you play a long time. Uh, we don't play that long anymore. I think we huh. played about five hours today, yesterday. Uh, we played from like 12 to 6.30. Yeah, but we didn't get really started till 12.30. There's a lot of shenanigans going on. <laughs> so I think experience points are going to, I mean, advancements, I shouldn't say experience points, advanced character advancement is really going to be different, not from now on, but it's going to continue to, people are going to change. To as, change, right. To evolve as people play different kinds different of games, games and they have different they conceptions want. of what character advancement should be. Uh, for example, space opera, you couldn't advance your character. Because you were basically the pinnacle of that character. The only way you could advance your character is by studying. Mm -hmm. And there was some sort of quadratic equation mm -hmm. to figure that out. Mm -hmm. And it was terrible because nobody ever wanted to figure <laughs> that out. But uh, that was based off of <laughs> FGU. Even making it an original character was kind of daunting. Other than that system, but I don't know if there's any other systems that basically your character is badass from the beginning and there's about as great as they're going to be. You're not going to learn anymore. I don't know any any game that doesn't allow for some sort of advancement in character. The idea be behind Space Opera is totally different from other games where other games were like, you're a peasant, you start off as a peasant, and you can become the king, right? And Space Opera is you're, the, you're like the, the elite squad of whatever, A-team, whatever you want to call it. And the only way you're going to learn more stuff is by actually learning in playing the game. Yeah. Which makes sense, right? But you don't, you can never get stronger. You can never like get attribute bonuses and stuff like that. You're stuck at the, at that level or that level of competence as far as your physical attributes. But you can buy stuff, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. There's always yeah. money. Yeah. You got bigger guns. Bigger ships. Bigger ships. Yes, I think uh, I just like the idea of the, all these different ideas of character advancement. And uh, I'm waiting to see what people come up with in the future. There you go. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul Angeline. And you have a good day. Mm -hmm.